the last three years, we've all experienced a sea change in terms of how we connect with each other, how we shop, learn and even exhibit our work. COVID-19 saw isolation and lockdowns created a revolution in how we associated and communicated with each other. It was a time of reshaping and rethinking during uncertain times, but when you think about it, embroidery is a form of connection in itself. Through the patterns and imaginative stories captured within every single pull of a needle and thread through a base fabric, connecting us with our past, our present and our future. But embroidery also links us with our feelings, beliefs and emotions and most importantly with our individual identity. Now that's no small order for a simple needle and thread. It's an art form requiring focus and concentration that creates a calming and relaxing effect, allowing a disconnect from the trials and tribulations of everyday life. And during COVID, many people turned to embroidery for just that reason. And that act of stitching became a much needed balm to those much extended and overused screen times. It's not only connected us, but it grounded us as well, making our hands focus on a repetitive activity while allowing our minds to drift. And that really helped a lot of people during those compromising lockdowns. We know that during both world wars, soldiers were often prescribed embroidery as a form of therapy, both physically and mentally. And it's that repetitiveness of motion used to create each and every stitch that helps stimulate visual and fine motor skills, but also enables very different states of thinking where the mind and thoughts simply drift because the brain has to focus on what the hands are doing. It's just not possible to do anything else at the same time. So we settle into default mode or a state of positive and constructive daydreaming. This is a place where embroidery meets meditation, meets disconnection, meets mindfulness. You're caught up in that moment and that's exactly what was needed during those times of stress. So in this episode of Stitch Safari, I'd like to explore what I see as the connectivity of Stitch during the COVID era. What changed? How did it change? And has it made embroidery more visible and accessible? I think this might be a truly eye-opening episode because I believe COVID-19 forced change and that time of change was a great time to innovate, try something new, try a different direction and test those sometimes choppy waters of uncertainty. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, you just try it again. Let's see what I can uncover. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. 
My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. The COVID-19 pandemic was a time many had to work from home, wear face masks, distance themselves and wash hands repeatedly, all to help stop the spread of the deadly virus. But it was also a time where many turned to handcrafts as a creative outlet, either as a form of therapy to help them earn an income, convey messages, document experiences, show identity or culture cultural alliances or simply for the pleasure of creating. We know that art can have a transformative effect and that embroidery has the ability to create a record or to uplift and remind us of brighter days ahead and that there is hope if we can just keep pushing forward. Plus, Working with your hands using repetitious movements is meditative, providing a time to focus on internal thoughts while releasing stress, tension and feelings of isolation. So, during the pandemic, many people turned to handwork such as embroidery to foster connection and emotional well-being, while at the same time obviously providing a much-needed distraction. Suddenly, the world was online, or even more online to stay connected with each other, as well as staying connected with their audiences. Organisations quickly learned to deliver exhibitions virtually, to offer workshops online if they didn't already, and to use digital engagement to offer real-world connection and community, something that was quickly taken away during self-isolation. People had to slow down and value time, turning to embroidery and other crafts to fill their days with the rhythm of a meaningful experience, giving life to many an internet-inspired project that conjured excitement and anticipation. And it was that connection that most people sorely needed. The internet became our pen pal. We could Zoom with friends and family, but we could also associate with others via our interests where we could reach out in the comfort of our own homes. And many organisations took this a step further, creating opportunities for people to make and exhibit their work online, empowering and compelling people to appreciate the power of art to lift, as well as provide comfort during times of stress and isolation. And it was these creative experiences that helped foster a much-needed sense of connection and emotional well-being, with tangible evidence going far beyond simply a digital experience to form a real-world connection to community. Organisations such as the Royal School of Needlework had to navigate these troubled waters as they were impacted by the pandemic. They had to adapt new initiatives during this pandemic. Digital communication became a key objective of connection uh, with their audiences. It was a form of continual contact across social media platforms and emails. 
every month e-news brought the RSN into people's homes, offering much needed positivity and interest to their community. They included the history of the RSN, uh, discussions around selected archive pieces from their collection, showed their embroidery studio commissions, as well as launching campaigns to inspire people to work on special projects from home. They created a RSN postcard from home campaign, encouraging everyone from different parts of the world to use that connection of a universal love for hand embroidery to think about what home meant to them. Another was to encourage people to embroider the letters NHS, standing for National Health Service, onto a heart then hang it in their windows to acknowledge the tireless workers of the health services. They fostered a sense of positivity, community and support for healthcare workers in this new approach. They also launched the RSN Collection Online Talks that was so successful it led to a second season welcoming over 3,000 attendees from 34 countries. As a result of this new digital load, including marketing content and engagement, audiences on their social media channels grew up to 40% on their Instagram account alone. And that's simply because they had to ramp up exposure in what they did and what they had to offer simply to maintain their audience. But what actually happened was that they increased it. So this new engagement was extremely valuable, influencing the platforms that show their posts to a wider audience, expanding their following, but most importantly, impacting on their online development. All on-site exhibitions were cancelled, replaced with a dedicated gallery on their website that included case studies, which meant that work was reaching a much wider and more international audience than ever before. So, if handled thoughtfully and uh, creatively, the pandemic actually opened doors to so many more people worldwide, creating a resurgence of the these niche pastimes that have proven to be much needed salve for health and well-being. But it also reignited an appreciation for handcrafts and personalised products, encouraging people to embroider or reconnect with an embroidered past, using time at home to find a balance to be able to identify with creativity. And handwork was the perfect antidote to screen time. It became the perfect digital detox. Just jump onto YouTube and you'll find videos covering pandemic embroidery uh, journals, growing a home embroidery business during the pandemic, trying embroidery uh, to forget about the world pandemic, along with endless how to make a mask videos. What this shows is that many people recognised either a want or need to work with their hands and embroidery was the the perfect vehicle. 
And this was a worldwide phenomenon, from socially distanced workshops in Dubai to girls in Zimbabwe making a COVID quilt. Embroidery was the common thread. But it was also a great way for marginalised people to come together, document their lives and interact with others. Embroidery connects, reinvigorates and shows empathy, no matter where you live in the world. And many people showcase this in their work. The Zimbabwean girls showed the vulnerability of the poor during the lockdown crisis in their emotive embroideries, impacting on things like goods prevented from being taken to market, difficulty shopping for essential food items, increased domestic violence and rising food costs. Even fetching clean water was problematic. And these issues were the ones the young girls expressed via their embroideries. They were powerful and dramatic stories captured in stitch. But embroidery was also used as a means of education, promoting the washing of hands and social distancing to help curb the spread of the virus. It was also used to employ women who'd lost their jobs due to COVID. They could work from home and earn an income during the pandemic. Cultural pride was also expressed through embroidered masks, where in the Ukraine, masks became a sign of cultural recognition and patriotism. So, what does embroidery during the COVID-19 pandemic actually tell us? From a purely commercial perspective, any business associated with textiles and embroidery would have had to pivot and adapt their digital uh, digital messaging, initiate new methods to maintain and entertain audiences and do whatever they could to support the connection they already had. And in some cases, like the RSN, they may have actually increased their social media numbers as well as their worldwide reach. I'm not saying it was easy, but in many cases it was doable. Suddenly everything was online. Exhibitions, displays, artist talks, group gatherings, workshops and tutorials, they became visible and accessible to anyone with a computer. If a small business didn't have an online presence before the pandemic, I bet it does now. A number of not-for-profit organisations simply had to change, otherwise they would have surely lost their following. But it also shows the ability of embroidery to influence, show patriotism and a love of country by simply stitching colourful and inspiring motives onto something as simple as a face mask. Some artists, though, use the pandemic as inspiration to create new work. One American artist, Han Chow, produced a series called The Quarantine Collection directly inspired by the pandemic, where the self-taught artist used long-forgotten vintage images found at flea markets and antique stores. Anonymous faces were decorated with delicately embroidered face masks, symbolising the threads that bind us, but also adding a new tactile dimension to the original photograph. They actually look quite charming and the embroidered masks are able to be lifted to show the facial expression of the person underneath, an allusion to the efforts to protect 
and save lives. Many a textile artist began to use their websites more fully, adding online teaching platforms to continue to offer their creative uniqueness to their hard-won audiences. So even through adversity, creativity abounds. The coronavirus spawned a new army of income-making ventures, free downloadable patterns and a bevy of how-to videos on YouTube. But what it actually did was help awaken the sleeping giant that is the world of embroidery and bring it very much into the 21st century. Is the world of embroidery the better for it? Of course it is. Has it raised awareness about embroidery? Of course it has. But what I believe organisations need to do now is to continue to innovate and pivot, to keep challenging the ideas of just what can be done with embroidery and how to keep getting it out there in front of the worldwide audience. Refresh websites, make exciting new exhibitions, create a template for teaching online, offer historical talks online. They have to keep digging ever deeper simply to keep up. And this is the world I'm especially passionate about. So when I see opportunities lost, I became I become very frustrated. Even I was kept busy producing work for an exhibition called Exuberance based around the worldwide upsurge in handcrafts made at home during the COVID lockdowns with an emphasis on colour, hand embroidery and commentary on our environment. And along with the exhibition is a wonderful book, Exuberance, A Stitcher's Perspective, curated by Carol Cook and Cheryl, uh, Sharon Peoples, that delves into an understanding of artists' processes as they work towards producing work for the final exhibition. The book, Exuberance, An Embroiderer's Perspective, is available on Carol Cook's website, cookart.com, under the Buy Now heading. COVID touched us all and some of us used that time to meet the challenges thrown at us. What I find fascinating is how it's changed the way we work and promote what we do. And all in all, I believe it's been a good thing because so many organisations and individuals rose to the challenges of that time. And yes, we are all the better for it. As always, thank you so much for your time. I love having you here and it's truly appreciated. Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safari's now reached over 15,000 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Warp Magazine, listed as one of the top shows about embroidery by Repod in 2022, recorded in the top five textile industry podcasts you must follow in 2023 by Feedspot, and listed globally in the top 10% by Listen Notes. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast because there's just so much more to discover and it's all so fascinating. I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website so do head on over. 
Till the next exciting episode of Stitch Safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch, embroidery and design. Bye for now.